Welcome into the Tickets Basketball Postgame Show, featuring Derek Pearson and former Husker and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! You're going to go out of here. That's a big eight tournament champion. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We will break it down for you. Indiana 68, Nebraska 55. Huskers fall to 5-4. and four. I'm DP. Short interlude just to get you ready for uh, the top of the hour. Eric Strickland will join us. Uh, Jake Bachoven will join us. Big Sky is here. Uh, the numbers will tell one story, and then uh, we will tell you the – have Strick kind of break down the rest of the stuff for you. Things from behind the scenes. You guys know the deal. 402-464-5685. You can uh, text or call in. Uh, do so at that number. Get it simple. Across the board. It looked like two teams who played extra games and then were were, were, were awoken on a on a on an early Saturday morning. And it looked the game looked fatigued for the most part. It looked uh, grinding, but the numbers are facts. The numbers are facts, and we'll go through those numbers uh, as simple as uh, as we can. And we'll go about an hour or so and go through uh, what we saw today or what we think we saw. And we can get to what we agree that we saw and what we didn't. (laughs) That's what that was. I'm not surprised by by what I saw today. As a matter of fact, um, it's kind of what I expected. Having gone through enough of these where teams, you go and play a four, four overtime game on the road, travel, fly, get home, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. Um you got to recover, you take a day off, and then you got to travel the next day, and then you get a, a wake-up call for uh, an 11 o'clock game on a Saturday. Uh, but it, the game is what the game is, um, and veteran teams know how to play in those situations. Uh, young teams don't. And a captain is, is missing when you got your, your fighter, your, ba- your bouncer, your bouncer's not there. Things get sloppy, and you have nobody to pump the brakes and get you reorganized. And some of the things are still the same. Rebounding is still the same. Um, the three-point shooting is disappointing. There's no other way to put it. Disappointing. Um, high turnover ratio. Disappointing. 14 turnovers to nine assists. And I don't care where you're playing, who you're playing against. Those numbers aren't good enough for you. Not good enough. So... We'll go through all of the stuff that's in play, uh, all the things that uh, that happened today, and then set up for Tuesday, because you get no time to exhale. You got to figure out what happened. That team will fly home and make the quick flight, get settled, get organized, get some rest. They'll get some work in uh, Monday and prepare themselves for Michigan. But we'll look at today's numbers, everything that's included. We'll go up and down the the, the 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 game stats, and then we'll bring in Strick here right at the top of the hour, and we'll talk about what just happened in Bloomington, Indiana. Huskers fall 68-55 to Nebraska. 
We'll throw it a break. When we come back, Eric Strickland will join us, and we will go through all the numbers that are on this Huskers postgame show on 937 The Ticket. Back to the Ticket's Basketball Postgame Show, featuring Derek Pearson and former Husker and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland, on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Top of the hour, Huskers fall to Indiana and the Hoosiers 6855. Uh, 402-464-5685 for your text. Get them in. You want to call the Honda Lincoln Hotline, do so as well. Same number. You can follow us on the live video streams, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Get to it. Let's bring them in. Husker Hall of Famer, Eric Strickland. Strick, what's happening, brother? Good, good. It's, uh, it's a wonderful day. We're alive. We're here. And uh, let's get get to talking about this Indiana and, and uh, Nebraska game. Strick, I don't want to put any of the fans in the wrong place because I don't want to dirty the, the pool water. So I'm going to leave it to you. You've been in a situation where you've, you've played a long stretch of games, and quite frankly, sometimes that schedule isn't really helpful to you. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Is there a difference in playing at 11 o'clock than it is 1 o'clock, 7 o'clock at night? What's the difference for you? Well, especially on the road. I mean, it's it's something that's kind of out of pattern. It's out of, you know, a rhythm of what you're used to. But most of these kids, I can't, I can't overly emphasize that as a point because a lot of these kids these days go through an, an AAU circuit that I didn't have the opportunity to go through um, at that level. So, um, a lot of them are used to getting up on, on multiple days and and uh, getting after it in the morning and then going back home and getting back up and going back after it. So they're 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 a little more accustomed to it. But, um, you know, in, in, in the college setting during the college season, it's definitely not something that's within the pattern of what you're used to and your body is used to, uh, especially going on the road. Uh, you're a young team. You're coming off, yeah. I mean, no matter how you feel about it, you know, you you go on a on a long road trip out east and and play um, a long game that goes deep into the hours of the night. Uh, you know, as a professional, those are things that you know I would be used to now. But as a as a collegiate player, to not only play with that 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 heat and intensity and that mental strain that comes with playing on those, those, that type of atmosphere, right? You, you then your body, you know, it, it, it could take a couple of days, you know, to, to adjust. Whereas we, you know, we may be used to, um, you know, going to Atlanta, having a really tough game. You may go into overtime, flying to Miami that night, you know, a few hours, an hour and a half, you get in one, two in the morning, get up, do shoot around and you got to go back at it again. That's something that they're not accustomed to. So, that 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 you know those things can have a an effect on uh, the mental and the body, especially coming back and, and and hitting the road again in short order. Not much practice time in between, and then have to go back at it. Strick, it's <laughs> this is Big Ten basketball, right? And I think, unfortunately for this team, that they don't get the opportunity to 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 get their legs under them, right? 
Um, you go from NC State, come home for a night, get home 4 o'clock in the morning, uh, you know, you get treatment and et cetera, and then back on the plane, get to Bloomington, try to adapt. Then there's a 10 o'clock, you know, you're at the gym at, at, at 9, you got to get it together. That's not an excuse. That's just a reality. For shooters that come off of playing extended minutes, how does that affect a shooter? I know it helps defenders, but what does it do for for shooters coming off uh, a, a long game like that and then trying to have your legs under you? Well, I mean, you're you're you're. This is why the weight room is important, right? And this is why I think this could be a good preaching teaching moment with regards to how much you want to spend time in the weight room. A lot of players um, these days, until they probably get closer or they have really good. Um, you know, people that are assisting them with their careers to be able to speak to them and tell them about the importance of strength and conditioning and and things of that nature, because that's what's important and imperative as a professional. So if you have any plans that that's what's going to create longevity and consistency within your game when you're you have the strength and the endurance to uh, continue on in that manner. So, yeah, there there is some effect with regards to the body, the legs, this is where it becomes mental. And in your mental, you have to, you have to look at how knowing that you you can still be effective and, and get things done. Um, This is why, you know, fast break points and executing in the fast break is important. Um, Pushing and probing and getting opportunities and looks without having to work so hard in offensive sets and also attacking the basket and getting to the free throw line. Um, and, and, and these are issues that are going to be consistently a problem with Nebraska if they don't, don't you know, understand those, those mental nuances of the game. Um, Indiana uh, did that. Indiana went to the free throw line 17 times, uh, shot 82%. That's, that's a winning recipe. But Nebraska only going to the free throw line four or five uh, five times at a four or five clip, which is a great number. But only going to the free throw line five times that shows that the mental part of it is is it's hard attacking the basket when you're tired, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard doing those those things like that um, because it's going to create more body contact, which then puts more strenuous and stress on the body strenuous activities on the body so there's uh that's 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 what can happen and and so you can see that in the numbers you can see that in the three-point numbers i mean they're not shooting very good right now even though they do have shooters um but again shoot shooting is is with legs form mental and and being consistent with with those types of things i think one of the other things that you saw with regards to indiana is uh, they started off rough and rugged, you know, tough and, you know, turnovers and a lot of mistakes and stuff like that. And so what I saw is when Nebraska went up 14 to four, that's the opportunity where you can put yourself in a position to put the pressure all on them. And they they had four shots back to back. Uh, they had, I think, one turnover, three bad shots like shots that were challenged, um, fadeaway shots, one shot. Also, um, at one point where we, we talked about Verge, he did that early, getting into that Iverson mid-range type, you know, place where he was effective. 
And then you, you, you have a couple where you're taking, you know, you get there to that mid range and you're fading off of it. And it, and it's a four point swing because now they get a fast break, break opportunity on the other team, other end. So where you could have, if you just settled in, you know, got the ball inside uh, and again, Walker's four for five and he only has five shots, you know what I mean? Yep. So you don't go, you don't go to things like that to get you good opportunities. And that's what Indiana did in the second half. They ended up getting good shots for the right type of people that is in their, in their system. And, you know, that helped them. You can see the difference when Nebraska did work it. You saw Kobe um, on the right side with, you know, a, you know, a couple drive, it goes to the strong side, boom, it's whipped back to the, to the weak side and he's wide open. But then you see another instance where there was a drive to the basket. You know, you need a, a three and an opportunity. Verge gets deep, which he's supposed to. Normally, when you get that deep, what's open is behind you. He's looking lateral and he, he ends up turning over the ball. He looks weak. He looks back where that's where the mental part of the game of understanding where, you know, your players are, where they should be. And if he hits Kobe back, Kobe probably got a good look. Not to say that he would make it. I'm not going to you know, sit here and speculate on that. But those are the type of things that you've got to do on the road. And, and uh, unfortunately, they didn't tonight. And, you know, them scoring 55 points, you know, it's, it's tough. The, but you can see the recipes, DP, that we talk about pretty regularly so far throughout the season. Those are losing rep- recipes for Nebraska. I don't care what it says. Um, no show, no show Bryce McGowan. Um, they can't win. If, if Bryce doesn't show up and get them 15 plus, they, they're not going to win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Rebounds. The rebound numbers is at that 10 mark. Mm-hmm. You know, if they, if they're under 10 on rebounds, they're losing, um, you know, uh, three points or low um, turnovers. Uh, Verge going three, six, you know, assist to turnover the opposite way of what you don't want. They can't win. So those are the things, the recipes are, you know, so you can pretty much look at the recipe and it's like baking a cake, right? You know what I mean? You, you know, what goes into the cake, <laughs> the butter, the sugar that is, you know, how much of it, anything that is not in that recipe, it's not going to taste like, you know, a good cake. Yeah, it's not going to taste like. Take a look. Let's bring in Bach. Bach, what's your first take in this thing, brother? Uh, this is this is one that I I think it played out like most of us thought it would. Yeah, I mean, both teams look tired. It's unfortunate Nebraska wasn't able, like Strick said, to, to kind of take advantage of that early when they were especially sloppy. Um, but uh, for Nebraska, just kind of – Kind of a disappointing uh, outfit. You know, you know, you'd like to have seen at least a, a closer game, but it was to be somewhat expected. Both these teams, I mean, you don't have the excuse of why you lost the game that way um, because both these teams coming off the overtime games. But, uh, you know, they did some good things, um, but a lot of those things just it, – it, it, it's almost predictable at this point what's going to hold this team back is the rebounding and the kick of the three-point shooting going. Um, didn't get to the free throw line enough. Um, and just nobody really stood out necessarily today. Nobody had one of their better days uh, today. Uh, if you look up and down, uh, you know, you had some guys that, that played well again, and, and Tominaga had his first start, but 
couldn't hit anything really, and, and Verge kind of turnover prone today. McGowan's shut out for much of the, the latter part of that game. Um, just nobody was really on today, and that that's going to be a struggle uh, if you can't you know get back on defense and, and uh, be able to shut them down. They tra- they shut Trace Jackson Davis down for a large majority of that game, but he, he started to get it going eventually, as good players usually do. Strick, it was it was the noticeable thing for me that in a game that was physical, like Indiana was purposeful in making this, you know, a grind, um, you know, body to body, we're bigger, stronger than you are, uh, so we're going to make that a part of it. Then, how do you balance the the five free throws by Nebraska? Like, you can't tell me that 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 for a team that that throws up, t- they only got twelve call for twelve fouls, and they go to the free throw line five times. A lot of that, I mean, they were Nebraska was attacking the basket, and the physicality. The whole point was to run Tominaga off, to run Bryce, you know, bounce him around, move him a little bit. How does that play out? How does that? I mean, from an, from whether it's from a player standpoint, officiating standpoint, how do you? How is that constantly a thing where Nebraska's uh, always going to be minus ten, eleven, twelve, or twenty from the free throw line? Well, I mean. I think it's it, it, that's tough, man. I, I you know that's that's something tough to answer. Um, it's hard to to decipher and to to break that part of it down. But it, it's it's really important. It is an important element of the game that that must be adhered to. You've got to be able to get there. You've got to press and push yourself um, to be able to. Get to the free throw line, man. You've got to take advantage of those easy. It slows the game down, uh, gives you an easier opportunity to um, to make shots and to get buckets with the clock not moving. And um, it, when you don't do that, it's just tough. It, it, it makes it just really tough, bro. Yeah, it, it really does. It, it just seems – I mean, it seems like Nebraska's working from the same space. They're actually attacking the basket, trying to be aggressive, trying to get shots up to the, to the glass or to the rim. And then they're being nudged off, pushed off that. And some of that is just, you know, man versus, you know, little man. But some of it has to be – you've got to consider that. If you're going to ask this team to be aggressive and get to the bucket, this is what's going to happen, especially with f- fatigue or other. But here are the numbers. And this is – I want to make sure that the numbers are given so that you get full full perspective. Indiana shot 40% from the field. Like, they didn't shoot lights out. They just hit big shots in a stretch that Nebraska couldn't answer. 40-38 to 38, uh, advantage Indiana. Uh, they made the same number of field goals. <laughs> Listen, I want to paint the picture. They made the same number of field goals. Indiana made three more threes. Uh, they went to the free throw line 12 more times. They Indiana had more turnovers. They had more points off turnovers. They led. They were plus nine in rebounds. Uh, Nebraska did a pretty good job of keeping them off the offensive boards. They only they held them to eight offensive boards. Nebraska had five, so they competed. Then you go down to the bench points, and this is where I thought, and Strick, I don't know if you caught this. So when Nebraska goes on, it's fourteen. They get up fourteen to four. Hoiberg did what I thought he should do, which was after a four overtime game, he immediately thought. I've got to get the minutes right. Like, I can't burn out my starters. I need to get some reserves in the game, and that momentum switch turned the game around. Did you think – Yeah, that is 
right? Do you uh-huh. think that there, he was – because from a coaching standpoint and from a player standpoint, I was like, yep, that's what you should do, except it doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's part of it. You know, there are going to be times where there are things that you do there that are going to be questioned. Um, and you, when you look at it, you look back at it, you know, you're like, dang. But there, there are those, those, those instances when that happens, man. And, and um, you know, you can't second guess yourself because I think that is something that is the right move. That is the right thing to try to do, knowing the situation and circumstance where you don't want to wear. You want to have them more energetic, more bouncy, more um, active in the second part of the game in the second half as opposed to you know that early when you get that lead you're hoping that your guys can push it and that would be an emphasis that I would have in in the huddle I'd have an emphasis on you know now you know now is an important time for execution and now is an important time to be able to push everything forward um, to be able to push this lead from a 14 to an 18 to a 20 and we have to execute. We have to run something. We have to get good shots. We've got to take care of the ball. And all that stuff is important. Bach, it Nebraska and Indiana had the same number of points in the paint. <laughs> they had the same number of assists. Nebraska had more steals. Indiana more had more blocks. And Indiana had three more points in transition. I before people jump off the ledge. <laughs> This 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 new Nebraska team went in, went into to Bloomington, Indiana, on a Saturday morning after four overtimes in Raleigh, North Carolina. Jumped out well; they just didn't finish. And we've talked about this in other sports. Hardest thing to learn in all the sports is to finish. This team will have to learn how to handle success. Bach, when you looked at this, when you look at when you hear those numbers from today's numbers, which one jumps out at you as wow? Okay. Uh, that's a little bit surprising. <laughs> well, it was kind of an ugly game, wasn't it? There's yeah. no, nobody's numbers are necessarily jumping out to you. Right, right. This like was it. a great played game by this player or this team. Um, it was just kind of sloppy. And, and maybe that's what jumps out to me more than anything is how sloppy Indiana started that Nebraska finished with just one less turnover than they had. Because Indiana was really throwing the ball out of bounds to begin that game. And, and, and so I, I thought that was def- definitely going to be an advantage for Nebraska by the game's end. But, you know, they scored that 14 points in the last, what was it, eight minutes? Whatever it was, it was a long time where they only, they only put a few more points on the board before halftime. That's probably the stretch where they ultimately lost it. And like you said, it wasn't from a bad coaching decision. It just, it just everything went awry. It just felt like, okay, everything that could bounce Indiana's way after that initial stretch bounced their way. And Nebraska has some huge issues to deal with and trying to figure out, one, how to manage minutes without Trey McGowan because McGowan was a, was a minutes eater. And there are times when Casey Tominaga is going to have to be on the floor and do things – that Trey McGowan's is normally good at. Yes, this offense is better with Tominaga on the feet, on the court. There's no question about that. But then you have to figure out, is he willing to attack the basket? And he actually had a couple of good looks. He actually put it on the floor. But we cannot play a game in which Latman plays 14 minutes and shoots four shots. That's not what this team was built on. This is not what this team said it was. So, Strick, from the minutes that are there, and again, we're finding out more that 
Verge, McGowan, Walker, Wilcher, and Tamanaga are the minutes eaters. I'm just not sure that's what we, we, we were banking on going going into this season. Yeah, I and and again it's gonna it's gonna continue to fluctuate and, and it's gonna work itself out eventually. But um I would say a bright spot was there were some things, some wonderful things that we were able to see, some highlighting things with regards to uh Breidenbach. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. So, goggles, you know, goggles back. so him, you know, yeah, he, he fought, he, he, you know, he bumped, he grind, you know what I mean? Some things. Then there were some, also some things as we talked about just a little bit earlier um, regarding the, the strength. Right. So you saw, you know, some instances where some bumps or some things through uh, Bryce off or through um, Verge off. Right. So that's where the physicality, it, it's too late now. The season's well underway. That's something that you're going to have to do in the off season. You're going to have to get in the, get in with your coaches, your staff. And, you know, there's got to be a conversation with regards to, you know, bulking up some, because you can tell that Indiana was definitely um, the more physical team. And that's what you're going to find in the big 10. The big 10 usually is a very physical, uh, physical league. Um, and uh, they're, they're, they've got to be better there. Um, just some awareness type of things. Just some little things as a player, you know, um, that I can touch on that makes a difference. It's a small thing, but it's it's little things that I think if you watch over their careers and you see their progression and you see these things happening, it'll make them better and it'll make them more effective. For example, Bryce plays very straight up. Right. Mm -hmm. So in in order for him to get going, he has to drop his body and go, which is an extra time. See, that's that's the thing you can get away with with AAU ball because you're just that much better than most guys out there. But when guys are just as quick and just as strong as you, that that little half set second um, makes a difference in being able to get by somebody quicker to get to the next level of the defender. When and, and to see it quicker so that you're not seeing it late and then you're either getting it blocked, challenged, or having to do something overly creative, right? So that's a small thing. So he, he has to play a little bit lower and and and, and doing that. So other things are like shot quickness, getting the ball off quick. Like I think um, not this game, but against it, just an example of that. And these are things because it's going to happen in the Big Ten. They're, they're not going to get good shots unless they continue to move the ball because there's things like getting the shot off quicker, right? So you saw Latman thought he had quite a bit of time in the corner on the, on the left corner, and he, he, he went to, 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 to take his shot, but it was so slow that the recovery time enabled the defender to block it, right? But he was open. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing about being ready, catch, shoot, that that's important when you're trying to to be a winning team because those little seconds you know even if you're challenged you've got your normal shot off but if it's slow then you've got a full challenge shot which we know just by statistics the stats the stats and the analytics say challenge shots your percentages are almost 10 points 7 to 10 points lower with full challenge shots it's it's, it's it's just an analytical it, it, thing. Yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna it'll it'll play out, right? I think the numbers will 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 roller coaster throughout the season. 
on minutes, shots taken, <laughs> different variables. Yep. But we'll talk about that. We'll go through different the people doing yeah. well. Yeah. yeah, we'll throw it to break when we come back. We'll get into some of these numbers because Bach, it, the the one point one player in double figures. Um, we got some points in minutes, but we have to look at shots to go with those. How many attempts are being taken? We'll talk about. We'll break down this box score uh, when we return to the post game show on nine three seven the ticket. Back to the tickets basketball post game show, featuring Derek Pearson and former Husker and nine year NBA vet Eric Strickland on ninety three seven the ticket and the ticketfm.com. That's what the Huskers needed. More bounce. <laughs> More bounce to the ounce. That's what Indiana had today. They were too big, too strong. Uh, look, some of the numbers. Lonzo Verge Jr., 15 points, uh, 8 for McGowan's, 8 for Walker, 7 for Webster, 5 for Tominaga, 5 for Brian Buck. Uh, the rebounds up and down, right? 5-5, uh, 4-4, five, five, four, four, then a bunch of threes. Virgin McGowan's on the long rebounds from Indiana got us five rebounds apiece. Verge with three assists, uh, Kobe Webster with two, everybody else with one. Some foul trouble, and then the number that jumps, six turnovers for Verge, being asked to do more in tough situations because he was the only one that had juice today. So he decided he look and 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 it quite it happens that the guy who handles the ball, the guy who, who's the playmaker, if he's the only one that has juice. He he will try to do too much, and I, I, I you want to? I don't know if I, I I can't fault the kid. Yeah. But I, look, we knew what it was. I mean, strict. There are nights when the guy who he looks around and nobody else has juice, so he yeah. has to try to do too much. What would you? What what would those conversations be, strict? If it's you that Verge comes off the floor to sit next to, right? It's chaos. What would you say to him? Well, you've got to you you've got to settle it. You've got to settle this 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 chaotic, hectic, you know, um, just discombobulated situation. You got to settle it down, and that's when when you're on the road like that. It's 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 push probe, nothing, good shot every time. It's basic passes. It's not trying to thread needles. It's it's basic bounce. I mean, you you saw the difference in one one instance on a fast break. It was a three on one situation. What I saw in North Carolina State was people slowing down to the three point line, and I was like, "What are you doing? Mm -hmm. You're three on one. You slow down for a three point shot. You're shooting twenty seven percent from three as a team right now." and you're slowing down for a three three-point shot go get a layup go see the ball go in the hoop right so you saw it tonight great decision great fast break it was textbook ran it dropped it to bryce easy layup right that's the type of plays you need to be making when it's hectic you're tired you, you know you're discombobulated you know a team's going on a run um you know a situation where you know, you need a score, the time. And so, like, for example, uh, going out of the first half, 18 seconds left, mm. you're down. Mm. You don't go and shoot a three-point shot 
with 18 seconds, that's time score situation that you're the last person going into the locker room with that shot. And they were just lucky that Indiana missed. So those are the type of things I would have a conversation about, you know, you know, when we, when we talking. Bach, Bach knows. Like, well, Bach, you're watching that final sequence in the final 30 seconds of the first half. Look, you don't have to be a coach or a player to know that's not a good shot. No, that that was bad. <laughs> and it, I mean, they yeah. seemingly it could have been a like they could have had numbers. I think it was like three on two. I think yeah. they could have ran it, and they ran the other one perfectly. Uh, I think it was like three on, three on one earlier, but. Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I like a pull-up of three in transition as much as anybody playing. It's a fun thing to do, um, but that's only if it splashes because you know no matter what level you're playing, if that thing doesn't go in and you look like an idiot, you look like you just didn't take advantage of the opportunity. And I'm not calling him an idiot by far, you know, uh, but I'm just saying. It's a bad play. It's just a bad play at that <laughs> moment, and Fred knew it. He knew it. I yeah. mean, that's a, that's a gamble. As a player, you know if that misses, everybody's going to be looking at you and say, why did you do that? And if it goes in, you're, you're like, this is what this you're, is. You're, 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 it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Oh, yep, yep. Yeah. It's got to fall. Yeah, like this is. But, but why risk that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, your chances, your your risk goes down. Your your chances on that at minimum is 27%. <laughs> <with> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's this. I mean, thing, that's right? the way you got to look at it, right? Right. Like, like <laughs> this is. I'm not, I'm not going to the roulette table and, you know, just putting it all on. 28%. Right. You know what I mean? I'd, I'd like my percentage to be a little bit higher. Yeah, we I'm just saying. We kind of hope. We kind of hope that's what it was. Um, Again, so the numbers, as the rest of the numbers, um, Nebraska led for 12 minutes of this game, but the turnover percentage was too high. The turnover percentage is too high. When you're running that one in five possessions result in a turnover, that's, that's a number – Indiana was running at forty-eight percent turnovers for the first for the first ten minutes, right? So, again, the numbers would bounce back, and you knew that it would it would it would even out. But here here's where I was. I applauded having Tamanaga in the starting lineup because I thought he would get them off to a good start, which start, which is what happened. Because his spacing, like teams in the, in the Big Ten Conference, know that Tamanaga is a threat. So they, they have to change the way they defend. And then if Tamanaga's not getting shots, then they can adjust back to what they do. I'll ask you this, Drick. The only other adjustment that I would like is to see that instead of it being Tamanaga in the starting lineup, I would like for it to be Kobe Webster next to Verge. Until, until Bryce gets, until Trey gets back, having veteran Kobe, to get you in and keep you in the things that you've worked on all week, to me seems like a really good way to advance this this team offensively. Your thoughts? I think that's a good point, DP. I, you know, I, I think there there would have to be a sit down conversation and and with Kobe and say, this is what I need from you. Mm-hmm. I need you to keep us in order, keep us operating in some form or some semblance of order. Right. And I need you to take the shots and hit the shots that come to you. I don't need you to be forcing shots and forcing when they come, take them and you will have no problem for me. But I need you to keep us in order. And and in all instance, I would also, you know, I would probably defer and say, you know, the conversation would be to verge your verge. I need you to, um, you know, be a, be a little, be a little bit more active for me. 
in this particular sequence. So I would let Kobe handle the duties of getting people into situations. In fast break, if it's Kobe Verge, I don't care who's got it. I'm not looking for you, and you don't look for me. We go, right? Yep. In 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 half court situations, I want Kobe running it, and I want you coming off screens, and I want you being able to attack, and I want you to be free to do that from that standpoint. So I like your point. I like what you're saying with regards to that. Um, and then let Co- let Tamanaga come in and be a change of pace or change of energy and let him continue to do what he does there. I think he, he was a lot more settled in the starting lineup than he was. And it, it looked different. It didn't have the same feel. So I definitely would like to get him be first off. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just thought that it was that it was either that, or, Bach, I'll ask you, the other direction you could go into is C.J. Wilcher, right? That he fits more of what they want from that position, and it allows them to have another opportunity to get a shooter going, to get another score going. Your thoughts on C.J. Wilcher in the starting lineup? Well, it's just kind of interesting. We, we talked about earlier how he kind of liked that second unit playing together, and now it's, got, it's kind of, um, you know, it, it has its nights, and now that you're moving Tommy Naga up, you know, it, it kind of takes away from that. So I think they're almost forced to do that. You can still have impact from the bench. You still have plenty of players there, um, and, you know, you just kind of kind of choose who that's going to be. I think regardless, you need, you need either Webster or Virgin in the game. They're kind of your only two creators. Um, that can help others, and, and both of them have very solid mid-range, even if they break it down and just get an open shot themselves. Um, I would, I, I think Wilcher does kind of is kind of that perfect middle ground where Tominaga, he just doesn't, you know, give you too much value other than spacing the floor. He's got hustle, I'm not, but just a little more size with Wilcher would help, and you'd still have that spacing of the floor. So I think he more perfectly fits into that role with that starting five. I think Tominaga's. I, I'm glad to see it, um, but I think he's kind of forced in there. I think they're still looking for that guy. I don't think the Edwards experiment necessarily worked. I, 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 I do think I think Wilcher would be a better move, or like you said, even bringing Webster in uh, and just kind of moving McGowns down to that small forward spot or you know that spot that kind of is is vacant right now. There is another consideration, Drake. He's he's six foot ten and a half inches tall, and he wears goggles. That would that may be another way to help you. It would help you on the boards. It'll help you in structure because he seems to put the ball in the right hands at the right time. Your thoughts on Breidenbach? If Breidenbach was that fifth starter, no, I don't like it. Okay, uh, I, I don't like it from the standpoint of um, that Breidenbach fouls a lot right now. Yep. Right. Yep. So I, I don't think I want those those files that early um in in a game where i can't use him yeah, yeah. so nah i don't i don't think that one would fit for me um i i actually liked what you know eduardo andre did today mm-hmm. you know um he challenged a few shots from jackson davis and you know he was in there uh, he challenged a couple of other opportunities as well from guys get attacking the basket a bad foul on him i thought um, at one situation, um, and he made a couple of good moves to the basket. I think, you know, he's still raw, but I, I see him coming along. So, uh, I mean, if you, if you need to go big, I, I would probably go with more Andre, um, you know, to give you just, you know, a little defensive, a little more rebounding if you need to, to do that early on. But if not that, then I would probably look to either Webster or Wiltshire. 
all of that's fair. Uh, that's why you bring him up. I mean, Eduardo is a uh, is a factor in this. Um, Strick, we've got a phone call. We'll go to Jason on the Honda Lincoln Hotline. Jason, what's up on a Saturday? Hey, what's up, DP? You guys, good show. Um, that was a disappointing game. Um, I, I just I want to see. I like the breakdown you guys have been laying out. All you guys. Um, I, I want to see Hoiberg just tell Case. I just just shoot. I just want you to shoot. I don't care. I'm going to give you minutes. I'm going to give you the green light. You know, if somebody's open, hit them. But I feel like he is just sitting on the bench too much. And he starts and. You know, he, he hasn't been shooting great, I know that, but I think he can shoot his way out of it, I really do, and yeah. he's got some growing up to do as far as a, being a you know major college basketball player in the U.S., but I don't know, this is really frustrating, there's just not much offense there, and Bryden Bach, I think, could be a decent player, but he's just, he's a way, you know, he's, he, every once in a while he shows you something, you know, some, some decent shots, and, and uh, but like Strick said, I think he fouls too much, and I think we lost. Well, I think we lost. No, I think it, to that point. One, I think that yes, I, 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 I'm team Tamanaka. So if you tell me you're going to give him more minutes just to shoot his way through, I'm good with that. Um, I also think this that Breidenbach is an actual. He's a true freshman. <laughs> he's a true freshman. And he's changed his body since he's been here, so he's got to learn how to play with it, and he's got to learn how to play with it within this within this system and within this league. That's the case for C.J. Wilcher. That's the case for Bryce McGowan. That is the case. So straight into the deep water, you'll figure out whether you learn to swim or, you'll, or you will sink. They will have another opportunity on Tuesday. Not an easy opportunity, but they'll be home in the friendly confines of Pinnacle Bank Arena and I expect the crowd to be on point. We'll throw it a break. We'll come back. We'll look on forward. On fire. Yeah, we'll look, we'll look forward to Juwan Howard and this Michigan team Tuesday night. The at Wolverines. Pinnacle, yep, at Pinnacle Bank Arena. We'll throw it a break. We'll close out the postgame show when we come back. Back to the Tickets Basketball Postgame Show featuring Derek Pearson and former Husker and nine-year NBA vet Eric Strickland on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hoosiers get a win. No no rest for the weary. It's you're you're in the game now. Like you're in the you're in the pool. You're in the deep water. And you gotta figure out a way because up next, Michigan. Strick, kind sir. That Michigan team and Juwan Howard. Look, they've had some struggles. As a matter of fact, they had some struggles getting it going today. Um what, what what can we expect from a Jawan Howard from this Michigan team? DP, they're beatable. Mm-hmm. They're beatable. Um, but it's gonna it's gonna go back. Let's be real. It's gonna go back to the recipe. Mm-hmm. If the recipe is off, you're not gonna win that game. If your recipe is like it was against NC State. Now, you can't tell me that Michigan is much longer than NC State or they don't have somebody like Seaburn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, they're young, but it still comes down to the recipe. 
the recipe has to be on point. Rebounds have to be wash. Turnovers have to be low. Good shots being effective. Three-point percentage in the mid-30s. Your field goal percentage in in that 45 range. Mm-hmm. And you got yourself a chance to win a game against, you know, a, a, a top 10 team. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. And 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 you've got them at home. You're going to have P, Pinnacle Bank bumping. Mm-hmm. Boy, I, it makes me want to halfway get on a plane. But let's be real. That's that's the outlook. And that's the way I see it, man. Period. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, they're 24 and they're number 24 in the country. And they're four and three. Now they'll win today against San Diego, a good, a really good San Diego State team. But they they had some issue coming out the gate, and and Bach they've got a lot of the same issues. It's really funny that they're still yeah. a top ten, top quality ten. They're, oh oh right? yeah, DP. I mean, yeah, we know that. I mean, they. Yes, you're right. They've had their issues, but they're still a top ten quality team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. it's it's there, right? So Bach, and, we, but Bach was in the Bach. You saw them last year, right? Mm-hmm. And. When they walked in the building two years ago, we said, it doesn't look like Michigan shops from the same place Nebraska That's does. right. Right? Like, it's like, wait a minute. They look they look like, oh, they look like grownups within that. So that same problem of physicality in the Big Ten will be front and center with Nebraska. What do you, what do you think Nebraska will do? Do you think they'll go small? you think they'll, they'll, they'll be a little bit more aggressive? you think it, it'll be defense first? What do you think happens? Well, the match, of course, of interest is Hunter Dickinson, one of the best players and kind of a surprise to come back to college ball. Um, you know, and he's one of those. He's, I mean, it's no like, – like Strick said, there's no rest. Trace Jackson Davis gets followed off by Hunter Dickinson. I thought they had a good game plan around Trace Jackson Davis today, so maybe it's kind of the same thing. Michigan's not shooting well beyond the arc, only 30% coming or 29% coming into today. So maybe you give up some threes as long as you don't let Dickinson beat you. I think that would probably be the strategy I'd, I'd, I'd start with, at least for that game. Strick, is it is is Michigan a shooter's program? I just think they're a quality all-around type of team. I, I'm not going to say it's an all-around shooter's team, but they do have guys that usually are out of position that shoot well. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, you've got Wagner's and, and those type of players, they, they, they usually would be a different style of player, but they end up being – so he, he, he's able to get quirky type of players that, um, you know, he'll normally have one or two maybe, but it's not a, it's not a across the board, but they are always solid in whatever they do, they're going to execute, they're going to defend and they're going to be physical and they're going to bang you. You know what I mean? And they're going to work you out some on the inside too. So, and um, they rely on an inside. Juwan is very, you know, he's good at, 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 you know, being shifty with regards to his, his personnel and working with what he has, but he's still very traditional in the fact of working inside out. Um, you know, so that means inside out don't necessarily in this day and age of game doesn't mean getting it into your Patrick Ewing types, your Alonzo Morning types, and then letting them work with some double teams and then you're kicking it out, right? And that's, you know, what I'm saying is, is it could be deep penetration. So they're very disciplined in shot fakes, getting deep, 
making that pass. Oh, you're flying out at me. You get some of this too. Shot fake you. I'm back in at you. Now I'm kicking it out to that one or two guys that can shoot and they're banging your head or we're at the rim and we're making another solid pass either to the big men who are sliding. You know, they're not standing still on the block. They're sliding underneath or into the middle of the paint for a drop off, a dump off for a bucket. So that he's still very, he's still very old school with regards to the way he, you know, he has his team working inside out. It's going to be a good one Tuesday at PBA. Bob, thank you. Big Sky, thank you. Strict Hall of Famer, thank you, kind sir. We'll talk to you Tuesday on 93.7 The Ticket. Go Big Red.